Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Paul O'Callaghan. Lovely to have you back on, Paul. It seems like quite a while since um, I actually caught up with you on the podcast. Um, the, the time's absolutely been flying past. I can't believe we're now in September. How have you been getting on? What have you been up to of late work-wise and things? Well, that's going well. Apart from trying to fill your boots for a week there, Dougie, the, on, on the last podcast, I'm, I'm glad that you invited me back on again anyway, so <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a complete disaster anyway, but uh, no, I've been keeping reasonably busy now, not not flat out, but just enough. I've still been involved with the with the harvest, so I was actually out uh, up until late last night just driving those couple of trucks that I spoke about on the last one, our last podcast together, the the 1853 MP1 Megaspace and the, the version 2 Volvo. So we're still, the harvest is still ongoing. They've only, we're only kind of down to the sort of final final straws if you pardon the pun at the moment. Uh, we had a bit of a breakdown last night, so there's two two big class uh, Charion combines there at work and one of them broke a chain last night and I think it got caught up in the drum and did quite a bit of damage. So um, it's, I suppose, it's unfortunate in one way that it happened, but in another way it's, it's it's good that it didn't happen earlier in the in the campaign, and um, I think they uh, were just finishing off on, on crop the votes, which had quite a bit of green through them. So it's it's pretty tough going for the machines, and they were they were going quite slow, and probably the the uh, the, the amount of green and it didn't help. But anyway, we'd still have one one combine, and um, so yesterday when we were, we had we had a bit of a with with the two combines, there was two trucks I was driving, both the Mercedes and the Volvo, and then there was also two. There was actually three tractors drawn at one stage just to keep ahead of the combines. There was fast track and, and a Valtra and a case. So I think today they'll be able to manage with the, just with the tractors. And um, so that might be all the, all of the, all of the corn will be carting, but maybe when it gets into still a lot of straw to pick up. So I might, might get to maybe draw a bit of straw after that doggy and see if I can, how many branches I can pull down along the way. I didn't know, I don't know if probably what it's like over, over your way, but Certainly in Ireland, they can go quite high with the bales and uh, it's kind of interesting when, when you meet the guys coming with the big loads of straw on the road and they're, they're bringing branches and trees and just doing a nice bit of clearing for the county councils, leaving straw behind them. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes maybe down the line. Oh, you need to you need to know what you're doing. Well, height stick anyway. It's quite sizable, those uh, big, big loads of straw that you get in the wagon and drags and and stuff at certain times of the year um have you got some will we be getting an update for team truck and driver on the harvest oh, certainly yeah that was on on my to-do list and i think i just got a little bit carried away with the last one there when i was talking about the the white lady and the in the current issue but definitely uh, as i said to you before the reason i i ended up doing that job was i went to do an article on that 1853 that uh, megaspace that the, that they have owned from new which is um they have had it from new from 21 years ago and that was my idea so but I'll, I'll do an update as well just i think it'll be quite nice i got some nice photographs out in the fields and i'm sure there'll be plenty of people listening who are who are involved in that it's quite a nice thing to be involved in the harvest Dougie. it's just a nice wholesome <laughs> work i'd call it you have no you've absolutely none of the this you know whatever you want to call it rdc kind of madness no high visits as as uh, as as you know, I'm not a fan <laughs> fan of them, and uh, no waiting times. Like you know, you just go to the field, load up, go and tip it back again. No hassle, job done. Very. I, I have to say, I enjoyed. It. It's it's quite short distance work, 
Um, but it's I enjoy it. Most of it is going back to their own their own place. So you go go back and have a bit of a chat with the lads and drive to an on site way. We just drive over and that. Did a couple of loads as well. A few days up to um up to a big mill as well. But and even in there, you get to meet a few guys doing the same work and and have a good bit of a yarn with lads. But no, I've 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 quite enjoyed it, Dougie. I have to say now. So I'll um I'll hopefully hopefully do a bit of straw and maybe go back at it again next year. Both of the trucks performed um. Excellently as well. No, no breakdowns. I just noticed the 06 Volvo. She's got a bit of a, an air leak down. I climbed underneath it. There's a quite a big hole in one of the air tanks underneath. So I think that's that's going to need a probably a new air tank. She's the minute to turn the key off, the truck will lose all its air. So I think it was just a case of trying to get it through the harvest and then then deal with the the problems when when that's done after. You know. In the current issue of Trucking Driver, our massive 132-page special edition, we've got a huge Team Trucking Driver update from you, from your adventures <laughs> heading abroad and getting your new project. Because um, I, yeah. I, I was kind of, well, I decided to just go and run the whole lot and do one big feature on it because I could have cut the feature in two and done half of you and half of um, our, one of Russell Oliver's diaries as well, and I thought, yeah. nah, we'll just we'll just do the whole thing because it's a good, it's such a good story and its own right, and then we'll do all of Russell's next ones rather than dividing things into bits. So, um, oh, how, oh, you, how are you getting on with your um, your yeah. new purchase, your FH sixteen? Have you been well, out about it? Was- yeah, well, um, actually, I've just come in. What I was doing today was there was a, a fire extinguisher mounted on a. In a, in a case on a bracket up in the back of the cab so that's what I was doing today I was out taking that off I didn't really like the look of that so I managed managed to more or less do that apart from um, it's it goes on the the frame goes on to the, the brackets that hold the wind kit to the back of the cab so it's just it's one of those bolts that I can't it's, it's spinning um, the uh, the nut is spinning on it so that's just one little thing I can't fix but I still I managed to get it off um, other than that Dougie really it's the reason I bought that truck was that it's it's in fairly presentable condition that you that I could bring it to a show, and um, I'm not really one for doing massive restoration work myself uh, or, or any restoration to be honest. Which is <laughs> uh, getting out <laughs> getting out and doing a bit of cleaning. I know you're you're fairly handy with the spanners yourselves, but no, that was that was the reason. Look, it's 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 a it's it's a kind of working it's it's a working truck that was just well minded 21 years old pretty good condition and I, i'm happy with that so i brought it up to uh, the breaker breaker truck show in nuts corner at the weekend so that was our mm. her premier outing and uh, i thoroughly enjoyed it and a couple of lads came over and said a few nice things about it so i was happy with that how was breaker breaker because i was um, i was really hoping that they were going to get some decent weather for it because obviously covid kind of ruined things last year and when they did manage to do the convoy um truck event the weather was awful so um how how Correct, did you get yeah. on up there was it was that a good well you'll be glad to know you'll be glad to know that it was a great day out and the weather was absolutely fantastic now i was going around in a pair of shorts and at one stage i had a had a kind of a I don't know what you want to call it, a wife beater or a, or a short sleeve t-shirt. Maybe you can't, you're not allowed to call it a wife beater, but you know, you know sing- what I mean anyway. Yeah, I think you can call them a singlet. That's the posh name <laughs> for a vest. All right, yeah. a singlet. But uh, <laughs> the, the, despite that, I was kind of quite amused. There was still still plenty of guys rocking the rocking the jeans and the and the, the dealer boots slash 75s, call it what you will. But no, it was a great day. Weather was really fine. They got a great turnout. It was... Uh, 
I think they had over, I was talking to Leanne on the phone the other day and she was just going to send me on a couple of statistics about it, but they had well over 300 trucks. So when I arrived there and drove in the gate, I was greeted by uh, the first guy that was there in a, in a yellow high-vis, Sydney Hamilton. He was uh, North Sydney. I remember him from last year. I think I took a photograph and he may have even ended up in the magazine. He drives for uh, Mulgrew. He drives a nice 580S or S580 for Mulgrew. I think he may have even been in the magazine a long time ago with a, with a nice 164 580. But anyway, Sydney was there and, and got me lined up. And I was parked beside a couple of trucks from Stewart International there. They're from outside Banbridge. A couple of nice guys driving Volvos. And just had a really good day going around. It, it probably, I was there probably about 11. Um, maybe one of the later trucks coming in. And there was, there was a bit of live music there. And couple of trade stalls but mostly it was all about the trucks they got of course when you get the good weather it was really really good crowd usual big hitters were there um there was a lot of trucks McBurney had quite a quite a, well McBurney Manfred actually Man, Man, Manfred had about 13 trucks there which is quite mm-hmm. impressive they had their new new version five Volvos if that's what you want to call them and they had their LC edition quite a nice version one as well so I got a couple of the guys to, to stand in front of that and I went around and interviewed a couple of different companies and um Eglinton Pallets, if I'm not if sure if you're aware of them, they're they're up from Derry. They did a couple, did a nice one four three and an F eighty eight, and the nice version two Volvo zero two that they've owned from you. Um, company there from Moira, in uh, up in the north, they were County Derry. Is it Moira? Trevor Tate and Sons. They had a little FL ten restored FL ten three twenty, which had worked in Heathrow Airport with something like only thirty thousand miles in it. So it was kind of nice to see a few little classics like that. And some of the older ones, um, TRM. So no, it was it was a good day. I totally enjoyed it, Dougie. Yeah. Oh no, good. I'm glad to hear that. I look forward to getting that one in the magazine because, of course, um, the shows have been coming in thick and fast. Um, we had um, Convoy in the Park um, the other week, uh, which went which went well. The, the weather uh, was mm. pretty kind to us until about half past three on the Sunday when. There was like a biblical torrential monsoon of the likes you've never seen, which kind of um, sort of curtailed proceedings. But other than that, it was um, convoy in the park was it was a good event. I did a video from it, and I also did a, a podcast um, with a couple of other guys. It's called Another Trucking Podcast. So I was a guest on their oh. on on their um, uh, their podcast out the back of a trailer and a Daf CF, which was all right. Um, but I was glad to, in the run-up to Convoy in the Park, I'd had the programme to do the three-week bumper issue and everything. So by the time I'd got to Convoy in the Park, I was actually pretty burned out. I didn't, um, I kind of learned a lesson from from uh, taking on far too much work, really. And um, I was absolutely shattered by the time I got home on the, on the Sunday. Um, okay. So I'm looking forward to the next event that I've got to go to is the... Retro Truck Show, um, which I believe you're going to as well. Um, uh, and I'm pleased yeah. to say, because two years ago I took the Foden because I still owned it. Um, obviously, I don't have a truck this year. But um, yesterday uh, I was told that I can take Pollock Scott Transy's Scania T-Cab down to the event and I can head down with the guys for Tenant Transport. So I'm like, excellent. So I've never really driven a T-Cab 
uh, before Very other nice. than other than shunt one about in a yard. So I'm quite excited to have a proper drive in in one of them. And of course, the retro truck show itself is one of the best ones on the calendar. So I'm quite excited oh, for that because otherwise I was just going to be taking the car down and staying in a hotel. And now I've got uh, a V8 T cab to drive. Woo-hoo. Okay, so. So which which one? I'm not familiar with that model. Their their T cab. Which one is it? Well, it, it's a cracker. It's um, a top line. Um, hold on. No, is it a four series it. or? Um, I think it is. I, I think it's a gen, it's a genuine T cab. Um, it's a cracking looking thing. But John, I was up at uh, Tenants last night, and John Tennant said, um, "If you want to, you could probably just um, take that." If you asked, and I was like. Uh, okay, so because well, I do a bit of driving for Pollux when I get demonstrators anyway. Okay. So uh, okay. Scott said, "Yeah, Love just it. Um, take it, take it down if you want." So I was like, "Oh, brilliant! That works out nicely." Um, Lovely. Speaking of T cabs, I just saw a picture. I think it was probably taken at Peterborough. So Craig's of Denny. Have you seen Craig's of Denny's one four four five thirty T cab? Um. I don't know if I actually have. It's, I mean, Craig's uh, Denny. I've got a cracking fleet of um, trucks in general. Uh, they've, they've got a great classic fleet as well. They've got some absolutely immaculate stuff, but I'm not sure I've seen the T car. Well, I'm not sure if it was uh, on a if it was a premier outing or whatnot. But if you just have a look at your phone now, you might um, you might see it. Beautiful looking non top line four by two. I was really, really impressed with that. Uh, just for uh, for T cabs, I think it's probably one of the nicest ones I've seen, and it has a pull a low loader with one of their twenty eight hundreds oh. in the back of it. So uh, oh, I definitely know the it. DAF. I'm not familiar with that T cab. Um, that's nice. That's nice, isn't it? Oh, that's absolutely cracking! Ah, yeah, we're just looking at <laughs> looking at that now. That's um, I, yes. I think sometimes T cabs can, depending on the setup of them, they can have slightly odd looking dimensions. I, I agree with you. Um, I but personally, that, I th- that one as a four by two flat yeah. roof with just a little wind kit on it, that looks um, perfect. Spot that is, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. exactly how you'd want a T cab to. It, it'll be like I think we, if you see a T cab with a with a big top line cabinet, it just it's, it's something like the Ugly Duckling. I, I don't know what it's about. The, the aesthetics of it are wrong. There's no flow. Whereas when you see a bonnet and then it goes up to the windscreen and then you, the roof is flat and a little bit more like that American design. But I have to say, I was really really impressed with that. So hopefully. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing trucks like that uh, at Gaden. I don't know if those guys are going to Gaden. I was talking to um, Michael Taylor from MST. You know, they have the John M. Phillips, the uh, Royal Centurion. I always get the Royal and the Master the yellow, Centurion. The yellow one. The Royal. Yes. So he's going to be at uh, at Gaden. Apparently, it's uh, going to be the centre centre stage. So that's going to be one... I've seen a video of it on their Facebook page, and it's uh, it looks phenomenal. They even got Matt, who did the airbrushing on the on the original truck for John M. Phillips, to do the airbrushing on this one. Uh-huh. So I think there's going to be there's going to be quite a good turnout for for Gaden. So I'll I'll be over there. I'll be in the I'll bring the F816, and I have something else up in the back of it as well, which will be a nice little surprise. And the last time I was at Gaden was in the one well the, the one and only time I was there was in 2000 and. Nine, I think that was the last time I was oh, there, sorry. and thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely brilliant show. So I've just got the entry forms in the well, not the entry forms, but the passes came in the post today. So it's the little pass you put in the windscreen. So I got, I got also got four four wristbands. 
So Retro Truck Show, for people that don't know, it's on the 11th and 12th of December. That's in Gaiden in Warwickshire. And it's going to be an absolutely cracking show. It's all for all to do with classics. So there'll be some there'll be some really, really nice nice stuff from I suppose, you know, anywhere from seventies, eighties, nineties, up into the two thousands. Yeah. I've got uh, so. there's a video on the trucking driver Facebook as well. Because I was at uh I was at it in twenty nineteen, so we've we did like a ten minute video. Uh, so if anybody wants to see what it's all about, you'll see it. Um, you'll yeah. get a good um, idea of it from the video on there yeah, no, I was really pleased that I'm, I'm able to uh, take a truck down to that that's going to make all the difference for it because I think the week after that we've got Truck Fest Scotland and right. then not long and then two weeks after that it's the Drivers Day um, at Tipex and Tankex in Harrogate which is going to be a real one-off because this is the last year that Tipex and Tank X is going to run there because everything's being amalgamated into the forthcoming uh, Great Big Truck Expo that um, my company's running. So that's going to be um, a good weekend out. And of course, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but um, you're coming over to that uh, as a special guest as well. <laughs> I forgot about that until I was looking, flicking through the magazine and I saw a slightly larger than normal uh, mugshot of myself in the magazine what's going on here oh all right I, I forgot i said i was coming but no i will i will i'll be there um yeah i'll be there i'm looking forward to it to go into Adigate. yeah it's well the driver's day is um we've got a few trucks on display and there's some other it's more it's on the saturday so it's designed to you know get drivers along to see yeah. all the exhibits and things and what we are going to do is we're going to be doing a sort of live q a almost sort of like the podcast but we're doing it live at the event so you can go and if you're there you can go and ask Paul mm. about um, driving and all these adventures <laughs> of driving in Australia and how to import trucks from Europe and things like that mm-hmm. and you can ask me things like um, um, what's it um, you know what's it like to um, edit a magazine and things <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no, that should be that should be quite good. I'm looking looking forward to that. Um, what else did I go to? Actually, just to mention it as well, uh, when I was coming back down, there was a truck run attached at at the end of the day for that breaker breaker thing, and there was quite a big truck run. And we left Nuts Corner and headed down to Dromore. So when I got down as far as Dramore, I kept going a little bit further, and I, well, I went to uh, a silage day. There was uh, a silage day at Mark Stewart. So Mark Stewart is of Stewart International so they've got 10 version 4 Volvos engaged on international low loader work good grief nice blue tr- not sure if you've seen them nice kind of a dark blue and a white stripe so um, he's, he's also into the old tractors and they have an agri uh, silage contract and outfit so I went there and uh, there was a friend of mine who was there with a couple of tr- county tractors he brought them up from County Offaly so it was quite nice just finished off the day um, took a few photographs there a little, little bit of a video as well and Mark is actually, he's restoring a version 1 FH12 as well. And he has an F10, a midlift F10, which he regularly uses and can be seen out pulling loads of tractors. So we might have to go back up there again and see Mark. He's also has a, he, he personally, he drives himself a uh, 25th year anniversary, 500 Volvo. So, you know, just doing a little bit of groundwork for another article in the future, Dougie. Uh, no, that's, no, that's, that's great. We're always, um, 
I've actually got, I've probably actually got um, Volvo sending um, Tom Cunningham over to photograph some um, Irish Volvos, so I'll have some um, words for you to do mm. on some trucks oh, very good. as well. Yeah. Uh, coming up yeah. and all. So it's all, it's all uh, full, full steam ahead as we get through to the end of the the end of the summer. Um, yeah. Which is good. Um, I love to say um, the bumper issue, which just went on sale last week after a, a week of being on sale, it's up. The sales are up 30, 31% um, month on month, which is absolutely phenomenal. So I've got to say thanks to everybody who's supported uh, the issue. And I've, I have asked the question in the issue as well, because we're going to put the price up um, a bit more than usual Um for 2022 but we're also going to upgrade the paper quality as well so i was just asking i was like you know are you happy for that and if, would you would you be potentially prepared to pay a bit more if we do uh, some certain collector's edition issues as well and the response has been fantastic people are really um supportive of those concepts you know um doing uh, maybe yeah. three or four bigger issues a year but they cost a bit more but you get a lot more content and value for money, so I'm quite, um, I'm, I'm really pleased and quite excited about that for next year. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, I've, I've had a just, I haven't read all the articles in the latest one, but definitely, uh, even somebody, a neutral who knows nothing about trucks, uh, they saw the front cover and they said it looks really attractive. So maybe that's why it's, um, it jumps out off the shelf a bit more. And that, that article actually, uh, the, the, the main feature on uh, Walton's with that uh, wine and white. 770 that was it I thought that was a very very enjoyable very interesting article some really nice photographs there up from um from yorkshire is it where they're from yeah yeah they're up uh, uh, in, in the yorkshire dales I, they've only got four lorries which i was surprised um to hear so when I, I did the interview because yeah. um well it's just because they go up to scotland so much that every time that i'm out driving oh, in the yeah. car or the lorry i will see them so I was kind of under the impression okay. they had a great big fleet of them, but it's not. It's just I happen to be in the same bit of road as them a lot of the time. Um, okay. But I know a lovely family-run firm. Well, it's two lovely family-run firms we've got on the cover as well, because we've got Terry Seaman with his Fodenized DAF on the cover uh, there as well, which has uh, created a, a great amount of uh, uh, debate and, um, uh, well, enjoyment, really. I think a lot of people um, really... Um, yeah. Uh, uh, quite took to the fact that you know he just um, just to see what a Foden might have looked like in twenty twenty one. So uh, exactly. uh, a, a couple of really strong features for us on the cover there. I don't know how I'm going to uh, uh, top that with the next <laughs> the next issue. Oh, you'll be all right. You'll 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 manage it. I think we have um, from probably the only the only one from Ireland next month will be that Scania one four two cattle truck, and I supplied you with a couple of photographs of the. Um, those those DAF 2800s that the um, the brothers had before they, they bought the Scania 142 so hopefully that'll be something for the, the yeah, classic right. enthusiasts to chew on yeah well, I'm glad because I did originally have your Scania 142 feature in the bumper issue but I moved a couple of things about to accommodate the Girl Talk uh, charity calendar to get that in there and I'm glad that I held the Scania over now because we've now got those uh, extra pictures of the trucks that they owned back in the day which makes it um, which will make it a bit of a better feature so oh, that worked out mm, nicely very good well, right. do you want to move on and we'll have yes, a little flip well, through this magazine yeah well what we've got is yeah, we've decided that we're going to have another one of our look uh, looks back a classic issue of Trucking Driver 
Um, we're not going to go into quite the same amount of detail as we have sometimes in the past with them, but we've got one here for you, which is the October 1993 edition of TND, which is notable for having the Volvo FH launch truck on the cover. We've got a shiny red FH16, um, which um, the, the entire FH range has just launched at this point. So, mm. you know, I mean, this was a truck. I mean, you would you would have bought this magazine back in the day, kind of uh, growing up. Yeah, um, well, I I, and, I remember actually going to the shelf and uh, and and picking this up at the time, and I think it, that's how I opened the latest the latest article I wrote for Team Truck and Driver. I was initially I looked at it and I was like, oh, hang on, this is it's just a bit too soft, a bit too cuddly in comparison to what you know the older trucks would have had that bigger square grill. And um, initially, I wasn't I was a bit a little bit disappointed. I couldn't understand why they hadn't made the grill a bit bigger, but you know, it's like over time things grow on you, and uh, it's it's it, it, it certainly it certainly grew in me. It um, and it's a it's a shape that even you know they were making them up until twenty thirteen. So even nowadays, the, the, a version one Volvo, nobody really would you know turn around and look at one and say, oh "God, that's that's really old." They don't look old. You know, it, I think it was a pretty timeless design. They they lasted a long time, so they were really um, they were really on the ball at back then. So uh, I suppose when we when we get into the magazine, um, you know, do you want to do you want to start there and uh, take, the, take the lead? Well, we've got um, um, October '93. The advert on the inside cover is about speed limiters because at the time there was a company that the retrofitting speed limiters because this was round about the time where um, if your truck was registered from '87 onwards, you, you had to have a speed limiter. So they were making sure that. You had to go and retrofit them, and some people like weren't. You know, <laughs> they were kind of avoiding it. Okay. So that's kind of advert yeah. of its time. Another thing, very much of its time, is we've got a competition. I know we've got a competition in the current issue, but um, this one's an absolute cracker because it's a full range of Sedan Atkinson merchandise. And I wonder if any of this still exists. I'm going to do this as the archive feature in the October twenty one issue, truck and driver, and we've got the guy. The model um, luxuriating in his Sedan Atkinson branded sleeping bag, and he's also got a jacket, a baseball cap, and a nice V-neck jumper as well. I wonder if any of that stuff still exists. <laughs> Very good. And uh, just continuing with the British marks on the inside of the front, we've got the centre spread story, and that's of uh, Jordan Formula One team, and they've got two ERF EC12s. Midlifts. Um, what have, what are they running? Perkins Euro One, four hundred TX engines. Uh, the Rockwell axles via Eaton TSO SAMT. I presume that's a semi-automatic gearbox. It is. That's the wheelbase. Yeah. Uh, they were pretty rare. That was the very first version of a sort of automatic um, okay. gearbox. I don't think that they they worked all that well, but it was like the the very mm. first. Um, attempt at it, and I don't think I I don't know how if there's any ERFs that are surviving that have got that. Um, I haven't encountered any. If anybody knows, you know, please yeah, please get in touch. It'll be it'll be interesting to know where where those trucks ended up and and where they were they are now. Like ex Jordan Racing Team and the regs of them are K14 ECH and K15 ETR. Um, Problem with that is they're, they're private registration plates, so there's every chance ah, those plates okay. will have been transferred onto something else. 
Um, you see, we can't it? we can't do it. we can't do that here. It's it's the registration the truck gets. That's it. That's the one it stays with, unless you export it to the UK and then import it again. So we can't swap them around as the way you can. Yeah, you can't get away with that. No, it's um, no. Uh, the, the, um, well, I'll, I'm going to put the picture in the next issue anyway, so somebody might well be able to uh, identify it and um, tell us about about them anyway, because I don't think there would have been too many ERF uh, race team trucks. Um, ever, um, even even back in the the heyday of the EC, I would imagine that might have been that might have been fairly mm. rare. I was thinking the same. Um, then we've got. I've, I was always quite uh, fascinated this photograph. We've got um, just on page eleven, Swedish made. So the Volvo Truck Club is alive and well and operates from sixty two Wilson Crescent, Shirley, Southampton. This photo is from one of their French members, François Michel. The F12 with a narrow cab conforms to Swiss 2.3 width limits. So what it is, you've got an F7 cab, which has been raised up. Uh, it has like a really big grille underneath it. Very tall cab, and it's got an F12 badge in it. So maybe it's an F12 with an F7 cab, if that, it, if you it, can picture such a, such it a thing. Looks a bit, it looks a bit like a Leyland Marathon, I think. Yeah, it's Slightly, got single, yeah, it was single just, headlights it, on it. Um, yeah, because I, I was looking yeah. at that. It's it's a curious looking thing. It's a really tall but narrow Volvo cab, which could would confuse a uh, a lot of people. But if that's um, if that's conforming to Swiss two point three meter cab limits, surely that's not the only one that was built. There must have been a few of them. No, I think there was a few built, but um, the the Swiss are or the have some weirdos. Well, they had especially then they they had some real weird crazy lots. Was it had a maximum? gross weight one time of I think 28 tons and just crazy stuff but just on the next page as well just this caught my eye uh, regular readers may remember the pictures of Joe Sharp's smart little long distance 308D in T&D January so unknown to his mum or unknown to, to Joe his very proud mum uh, Angela has sent us in this picture so I presume that's Joe Sharp with the fancy Scania's Dougie Um I don't, Maybe. I, I don't actually know. I would have to go and look it up. Yeah. We've got a lovely little Mercedes uh, seven and a half tonner with a bull bar on the front of it. Um, and his yeah. mum sent in pictures of it to the magazine. Um, I don't yeah. I don't actually know if that's so Joe Sharp of... Um, someone will know. That's, that's, quite, that's like a little 817 and it's got a curtain side body with a truck's bull bar, truck's off-road bull bar and truck's mud flap. So... That might be just a bit coincidental. Sometimes I notice that um, guys, you see guys in the magazine starting out, and then they end up uh, just, you know, going from strength to strength. So, uh, what what else have we got here? If, uh, if you anything else there, you want just flicking through it here. Legal brief. I'll probably flick through that. And we're on we're on now to the uh, FH Inside Out, and it's the full Volvo's new big truck range. is sleeker, taller, and more powerful than ever. You're going to like it. So that was up in. Um, up in Sweden, we've got a got a F816 520 Globetrotter. So this is important to remember as well. This was before they brought out the XL cab. So the XL didn't come out until 1996. And we've got a new 520 engine making easy work of this 60-ton Swedish-style drawbar outfit. So everything was completely new. The only thing that which wasn't completely new were the 16-litre engines, which were carried over from the previous F16 range. But the 12-litre the engines, 12.1, whatever it was, they were... They were completely new. Aye, it's um, it's interesting to look at the um, interior picture of the of the new FH there because that 
that is a that's a dash which would still kind of hold up well today. Um, mm. that, to have that at the t- to jump into one of them at the time, I mean that's as big a leap forward as it was when they first introduced the F series cab back in the late seventies. Um, it's a cracking, right. cracking looking setup, and uh, I like a bit, the of, only... a bit of walnut trim and and all that. That's a proper oh, that was... <laughs> for the for the truck that was, yeah. like thirty years that's old. Right. You know, that's that was revolutionary right. at the time. Yeah, I think though, I think though, you hit the nail on the head. The walnut trim that was really the signifier that you're now now you're in luxury, because before that I don't think walnut trim was a thing apart from some maybe stuck on stuff you could buy. But that's the only big difference really. Uh, apart from you know when they brought in the, the the flat floor in '96, was that steering wheel there? You're looking at that was the steering wheel that was pretty similar to the one that was in the F10s and F12s, and then a bit a bit later they brought in the um, the new steering wheel, which was quite a nice steering wheel as well. But uh, no, it was it was always a nice dashboard. And then you on the next page, then you've got the um, when you look at the at the bunk, it looked it just looked so snug. They were really really. Uh, comfortable, kind of a cosy cab inside. Uh, it's it's one of the trucks. I would say it's probably if you're talking the trucks from the early nineties, that's probably the one that you would be able to live with the easiest. I think out of all of them that were about, if you were to go and to have to go and use one daily today, would be like an FH Globe Trotter because I think it was just that. It was uh, pretty far ahead. A, I mean, you, there's a case to be made, I guess, for the Magnum as well back then with the size of the thinking- cab. Exactly. The, the Magnum is the only one I was thinking of that you could probably, you know, live it and read. But the only problem with, with a nearly Magnum was how many bits of plastic were going to come off and, you know, over the years come off in your hand and how many <laughs> bits would still be actually where they're supposed to be. And I'm not, that's just kind of a, a fact. I'm not, you know, slating the, the Magnum by any means, but um, they were, you know, the FH is pretty well, pretty well built, uh, built truck. So that was, it was quite a nice, quite a nice demo, kind of a launch color. Some of the demo launch colors, manufacturers come out with i know they have to try and be different but some of them can be not so attractive i know when the four series came it had that um that kind of a mustardy yellow color which probably wasn't the nicest i know mercedes-benz towards the end of the sk range they use a pretty similar kind of a uh a yellow as well wasn't mad about it but that was quite a nice one and they had those attractive stripes on the on the side of the door as well but um yeah i think the gear stick was changed as well there you'll see that's the the old elephant foot skier stick that was changed as well for a sleeper one. Uh, there's quite a few variations that came along with the, the later trucks. Mm. Aye, that's um, fourteen yeah. speed range change and splitter. Aye, in the days before the in the days before the I shift came along. Days before, well, you could see it, and you could still get the the Geartronic in mm. the because um, the Geartronic was was available in the the last of the F tens, twelves, and then maybe some of the some of the FLs probably had it as well, and then. And came on to the um, but certainly to have an FH Geartronic, it was available but quite rare actually. Oh. So, ah, rev- rev- revolutionary. I will, uh, our good old Peter Davies in the next feature has been to New Zealand uh, and taken on a truck show. And New Zealand's really unique in the world in that it's mm. got European, American, and sort of South Asian, sort of Japanese trucks. Uh, all mixed in together there's such a, a huge variety of vehicles um, for, for such a relatively small place as well in New Zealand and in the feature we've got God, we've got everything we've got Seddon Atkinson's Max Kenworth Bedford's Fusos Nissan's did you say 
how many different makes of truck did they reckon that they had? So it says here, uh, for sheer variety, Transport 93 took some beating. New Zealand has a very cosmopolitan truck population. Approximately 27 different makes are currently available, ranging from the popular Japanese models through to several, several British makes, as well as Australian source machines and others imported from Sweden, Germany, Canada and the US. So 27. Now it says that's <laughs> absolutely mind blowing, and and I'm not finished yet. I've just noticed this as well. Also making its New Zealand appearance was a Russian Kamaz. Distributors William Gill of Huntley showed two examples, each powered by an 11 liter V8. One was a 53 to 12 6x4 tractor unit with a whopping 220 brake horsepower, naturally aspirated version. The other a 260 brake horsepower turbo power 6x4 tipper. A few Camas trucks have already appeared on the island and the company hopes to make real inroads into the market. The Northfield North workhorses, you didn't say more, but I never knew that there was Camas trucks sold in New Zealand. So anybody that's listening from New Zealand, what's the story with Camas? Did any of them survive? Does anyone have any memories of Camas in New Zealand? Because I, I thought we'd seen it all in terms of Japs, Europeans, US, and there we go, they had a Russian truck as well. Mm. Good on you, New Zealand. Oh, no, interesting, interesting feature that. Uh, just mm. a real interesting. I'm going to ask Peter about that actually to go and see if he can dig some of the more some more photos out from that event because I'd quite like to maybe um, have a look back at that. Um, yeah. And a forthcoming issue of Truck and Driver actually. That was a good shout mm. picking this magazine out because the next feature we've got an on the job and it's another Volvo. It's a very Volvo orientated issue. And it's one of those front-loading skip trucks, and it's an FL, I think it's an FL10. I've always wanted to have a shot of one of these to go and pick up a car and just go and throw it in the back of the truck, into the body, like they're doing like the end of every which way but loose with the bikes and things. Yeah, it is, you're correct, it is an FL10, and there's a little piece gone out of the back of the cab that must have needed to make room for some part of the body. Oh, you're right, it's and I'll like chopped the cab, um, aye. For the, the stacks mm. running up there, but there would be no. Oh, that's unusual, that. Yeah, that's it's almost uh, something akin to what um, you know the Dutch uh, truck and tractor haulier uh, Deroy. Mm. You see, you're, I'm sure you're familiar with familiar with their with their trucks, and they have no problem at all with like slicing a good few inches off the top of a cab to squeeze in an extra vehicle on top, and you know. Let the let the driver sort of give him give him even less room than he than he already has. Uh, and, yeah. So um, good old Deroy, mm. aye, as as usually mm. seen parked up in Todd Hills uh, by the DVSA for drivers' hours offences. <laughs> yeah, well, and you see those guys, you you'd see them taking twenty four and forty five. I've seen them in um, in in the do- the docks in uh, in Cannes in France before. Uh, taken and you do see them in services all over the UK and Ireland. Their cabs are okay for whatever thirty years ago it would have been fine, but the cabs that that they're running nowadays absolutely tiny, like scooped up into little top sleepers, and um, and they're they're there all weekend. But that's crazy. Eh? I suppose it's, that's just 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 a sign of the times we're in, I presume. And, um, and then some of us are going around in huge cabs and that we don't even sleep a night in them. So. Uh, moving on there to you've got truck racing and you'll probably be there's a picture of uh, Ross Garrett I remember one of the early truck shows here in Ireland uh, it was in, in Mandela Park and they had truck racing this is about 94, 95 and Ross Garrett had that Foden uh, truck uh, 4350 truck racer over at it and he also had that Scania 143 
top line steel bumper tag axle I think, remember taking a photograph of that and I was really impressed with his colours and you did an article not so long ago Dougie didn't you on Ross's son yeah that's right well Ross is a, with Ross is, uh, yeah sadly no longer with us um, but yeah he's um, his son Luke is uh, I think he's racing in the European Championships this year but uh, Ross was very well oh, very known good. for his Foden racing truck in the picture it's an impressing if an impressive picture in opening spread because back at this point a race truck was very similar to the trucks that you would get in the road like a modern racing truck that's right is, yeah, is good. yeah it's it's a it's it's a, a chassis mm-hmm. with a, a cab and an engine in the middle of it and it, there's not really much comparison but these trucks back then were you know you could just about go and put a fifth wheel on them still and go and pull a load that's how much truck dna still existed in them so it's nice. That's a nice that feature was, on a nice feature good. on Ross and yeah. there, and then. So, I'm I'm actually missing the the center spread. So when when I go back to the um to the opening page and see what the center spread story is, here we have the two ERFs. So I obviously had those two ERFs as the center center spread poster up my wall. So if anyone wants to, uh, that's the, no, I, the, me for the being, two, for being uh, biased uh, towards any certain brands. I have had, I've had Foden's, I've had ERFs and I'm not sure if I had a said Atkinson on the wall, but uh, definitely there was a wide diaspora. Uh, it said uh, the center page poster is the two ERF EC12 race car transport. Yeah. That's quite a nice, a nice yeah. photo. So I'll be putting that in the issue as well. And the next big feature is yet another Volvo. It's a right Volvo special, this issue, and it's a proper weird one. This is a lorry that some people would probably mm. remember um, from Welsh Pool Powys. It's a Volvo F10 uh, 4x2 tipper, but it's also a drawbar outfit, and it's got like a dolly trailer with a flatbed mm. uh, with netting on it. So it's, um, yeah, it's mm. it's an unusual um, setup. You don't see anything you, like that anymore, you, but it's obviously you, you, been designed for maximum efficiency. You forgot to say, not only is it a tipper, it's a drop side tipper. Ah, yes, it's drop side so as well, with, so it can with, do everything. With timber, are they timber sides again? Yeah, I think it is. Ah, it's timber, it's like planked sides it's got on it, yeah. Mm. Bob, uh, I was quite, quite impressed. Yeah, quite impressed. They're still on the go from what I gather. I'm not sure if they have any, because there's a picture here and they have a nice FL7 beside it, but certainly that, that F10, you wouldn't have had too many F10s going around in that configuration, four by two rigid dropside tipper with a with a proper turntable oh, it's a, drag trailer behind us. Oh, it's an interest. I wonder what happened to that. Bob Beach remembers it because I sent him a picture earlier on and he, he said he, he did recall it. So I'm sure there'll be more to find out about that truck. Well, by the mm-hmm. time I go to press, hopefully I'll have been, I've been able to find out a bit more about it anyway. Um, yeah. But it's an interesting one, that. Cool. And then we've got some model trucks uh, I focused on a guy they're pretty good models actually people say to me why don't you cover are... model trucks and it's because well people don't really send us anything about model trucks if mm. you sent us stuff in about your models I would publish it but you don't so I won't <laughs> so these are Italeri 1 to 24 scales and the thing to notice here Dougie is that what he's done there it's a guy called Jeff Davison drives a Volvo F6 for co-op creameries but in spare time he makes craft records from plastic art. but basically what he's done he's done three different models of the DAF uh, 95 cab so you'd see he's he's made a he's actually he probably made that Pegaso Troner made had to make the grill for that and he's done one here with the with the Leyland DAF 
sign on the front of it, the 95, what is she, 95 380 in Eldest Colours from Concept in County Durham. Yeah, lovely. And, Zombies don't own them. Yeah, so, um, quite, quite a amount of work goes in. I used to make um, 1 to 24, right, Larry, still have a few of them upstairs in varying states of preservation, but uh, they're, they're, they can be quite impressive and uh, a lot of work goes into them, so. Right, no. now, the, the, the picture post um, of this issue is completely insane. <laughs> some of the trucks on this, mm. there's some really unusual stuff on it. Um, this, there was a couple that you wanted to point out, and I think I know the ones that yeah. you're going to want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This used to be one of my favourite parts, uh, pieces of the magazine, because... You know, this was in a time when there was no internet and you couldn't just turn on your computer and Google, you know, I don't know, scan your 143 and get started looking at all these brilliant photographs. It was This, this was it. So um, I suppose the one that would have jumped out off the page here was um, George Cole's fine high-powered Scania streamline. So it's a 143-500 streamline topline tag axle uh, side skirts, but no wind kit. So George Cole's, and I remember seeing pictures before, they were down around... Uh, uh, somewhere in Dorset, and they're still on the go. I think they're combine harvester dealers, but um, he had uh, kind of a, a succession of very attractive scans. Like there was a 110 and maybe even a 141. I'm not sure there was a 142. There was a steel bump of 143, and they were all all quite nicely presented trucks with, with a bit of customizing, a bit of design, but um, that one there now, I would have been very impressed with that. The other one was um, Thompson's of Sausen. So that's a, that's a fairly early... DAF 95 430 space cab with a two-deck cattle trailer behind it and painted in the traditional colours. You probably know about them, Dougie, do they're Yeah, up, yeah, they're up, up in Aberdeen Lord, Lord 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 Aberdeen. Still, still on the go, are they? Yeah, so is Ian Lawson who took the picture. He's still sending his pictures into the magazine. Um, we've that got, is we've got one of his in right, issue, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw that, yeah. Ah, lovely uh, Aberdeenshire, um, Aberdeenshire livery there. I I like those uh, I like those traditional Scottish liveries and that bit of tartan across the front of it and the other one then as well uh, which I would have known about as well was Tyson H Burridge's Denison with a Sisu crane cab so that was I think that one was called the haunted house I remember reading about that in another magazine so it's um, Denison and uh, I think it's called the Tarnside something or other. Well, Denison did have a go at making trucks, as it's pretty well known. They didn't make a lot of them, uh, but this one must be a one-off uh, anyway because that's not the cab that Denison generally used. No. You say it's a Sisu crane cab that they've used on it. Um, so that's a, yeah. um, a real unusual one-off because Tyson H. Burridge are still thriving to this day. They're mainly a daft fleet these days. Um, but that that's um, yeah. yeah that that would have been a, that would have been a good snap a good capture by uh, Gary Lee who right. photographed it and the th- um, the standout truck for me is the one that's beside it. It's a Leyland Mastiff and it's got a, it has got a homemade cab on it. And by homemade, <laughs> I mean it looks like somebody has made it out of a cardboard box. I'm not mm. kidding you. Wait till you wait till you. Clap your eyes on on this thing. It's the weirdest, most bizarre looking thing ever. I don't even see how you can. Is there a door on it? How do you get in? It is, mm. it is a home, yeah, a homemade cab. It's it's astonishing. Um, is it an M Ridge? Kind of, a Leyland Mastiff? What's he made? It's kind of like something you 
see in India, isn't it? Apart from the fact the Indian, Indian ones probably look a bit better. The other one, I suppose the biggest, the main picture, unusual Mercedes 3550 8x4 heavy hauler. Yeah. Hauler was a 500 horsepower engine. This is a spot, a woolly edge service by Matt Cable. That's, that's, a, that's, it's hardly a coincidental that that's Matt Cable, Matthew Cable with the nice fleet of trucks and all the generations of the Volvo. Again, another one that oh. someone might know, but it's a, basically it's a 3550 um, Mercedes-Benz SK Euro cab, four axle with a big Cat 996 wheel loader on the back of it, P. Adams, Belgium. And that was a name that I, I remember seeing it in the magazine and I always kept an eye out for them. And I'm pretty sure they're still on the go as well. Mm, cracking, cracking looking picture. That, that's a really good selection of um, mm. photographs in the picture post this month. And then as we... We move on to the old T&D. We've got Leyland Hippos, which are like really old bonneted tractor units, um, which I, I have to confess that these are... You don't um, really see them uh, out at uh, events and things anymore, these old trucks, because the guys that would drive them and operate them and things are kind of... They're that old, or they've simply passed well, away by now, and people are people move on to the trucks that they kind of grew up with. Like, you know, we're interested in stuff from the, well, the 80s and 90s, and the, these guys grew up around these trucks and have kind of stuck with them throughout the years. So it's unusual that's to... That's right. Uh, actually, an interesting one about uh, Leyland Hippo. I was on... Uh, I'm trying to think, was it... Was it no, it was, it was cattle. I was transporting uh, cattle. I was down... I was based in Perth at the time. This is only about two or three years ago. And I went out, um, pa- out past uh, Waluna. That's it was a fair way out into the kind of out heading into central, sort of out of the way out in, into the into the bush. And uh, the guy there, they had um, they had a couple of trucks of their own. They had a couple. I think they had an F10, but the <laughs> they actually had a, a would you believe a Leyland Hippo, which they were st- an tractor unit, which they were still using. Like this thing wouldn't be out on the main highways, but. I managed to get a few pictures of it. He had it out on the on the on the track. I think they they got stuck with the F10 and they went out with the old hippo to pull it out. So um, hey. that, I couldn't believe it. Like that that truck would have been from like late fifties. What Dougie six well, early sixties? No fifties. Possibly I would say even earlier a hippo. Fifties. Yeah. Well, it says here nineteen fifty one. So they're yeah. post war era trucks, but the trucks that came out directly at the end of the Second World War were still using. Pre-war technology, yeah. so that they were kind of That's very right. I've, uh, old-fashioned. I actually took, I took, I took photographs of the truck and and the guy, um, the farmer, the cocky as they call it. He he stood in for a couple of photographs. He was quite proud, but uh, it was like just something stepping back in time. It says here, and this looking, uh, although built for export, the 1950-51 Super Hippo was destined for Rhodesia inspect in right and drive form. That's this particular one. But so basically, that truck that I saw a couple of years ago was. How many? What's my maths like? Seventy? Like could be up for seventy years old? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'd have to dig the picture out. I'm interested Crazy. to see that if you can find it. Yeah, I, I, I have it. All I have done. Everything's there. Done on on the file. Kind of, uh, the, it does kind of the hippo does mm. kind of look like the the truck. It's like a little. It's like a tiny miniaturized version of the truck from Duel, the Peterbilt, because it's got that narrow hood and those uh, little That's round, right, round yeah. headlights on it. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite quite a smart looking. Smart looking little truck, and it was quite a nice. The, the names they had back then, like the hippo, yeah, buffalo, octopus, the o- o- and all o- that, yeah. octopus, beaver. They were they were kind of cool as well. Even it reminds me, I was reading lately about um, 
Sammy Sammy Tractors from from Italy. I don't know how we pronounce him Sammy in Ireland. Maybe someone else calls him different. Pronounce him differently. But they had the likes of they had the the buffalo. The, they had a buffalo. They had a Sammy Leopard Jaguar, mm-hmm. and of course the big daddy then the Hercules, which is mm-hmm. probably tops it as far as names go. Just to round things off. On page 64, to my great glee and excitement, on a personal level, <laughs> I finally found a picture of a Vauxhall Cavalier in trucking driver. For me, that's like this is the ultimate crossover moment. <laughs> and not only there that, it's, it's an extremely rare yeah. Cavalier 4 before 2 litre 8 valve on a K Reg and Rioja Metallic. So that car, even when it was brand new, would have been ultra, ultra rare. And unfortunately, I can't quite see the number plate to check. Um, what its fate ultimately was. Oh, maybe I could have a couple of goes at it. K something PWP. Why don't you try your try your Google lens? And here's a one for you. How how can you tell it's four by four? Is that because it of says the on the door wheels? It's got a little red four by four badge on the door. Um, it's also oh, yes, got that's small. I see. I see it now. Yeah. It's also got the boot spoiler, which would mark it out as a four by four as well. If you didn't. But that you wouldn't be able to guarantee ah, that, okay. but you can kind of see as well that it's got the sport seats in the front. It's got that square shoulder to the front seat, which would, again, mark it out as being well, a Ford before model if it didn't have the, the badge. The, There's some Cavalier nerd female, action for you. The, the driver certainly has the seat pulled far enough that you up forward that you can see exactly what sort of a seat oh, is yeah. in the car. It's not, <laughs> it's not hidden by the door pillar anyway. I oh, know that's well. This uh, issue of Truck and Driver, we're going to do. There'll be a double page spread on it in the October uh, twenty one issue, so you can have a look at the pictures um, and the things that we've discussed and talked about there. It was nice to have a wee look back through that and have a general catch up with you as well. So I will, if I don't speak to you before, I'll be seeing you in person at the Retro Truck Show on the eleventh and twelfth of September. I'll be looking forward to that, sure. We'll have a couple of beers and do a bit more talking. Fantastic, cool. All right, well, enjoy yeah. the enjoy the rest of the harvest, uh, and I look forward to um, reading your uh, team T and D update on it. That'll be uh, that'll be a good one. That looking forward to seeing the pictures of these trucks sitting out in the fields and stuff. Aye. So uh, yeah, no uh, problem. Thanks. Thanks very much, and I shall catch up with you soon. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.